subject to our, our text for this evening is there in the 23rd verse verse 23 when they had appointed him a day that was Paul there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening preaching Christ and there we have a great example of it in that verse 23 as Paul made his way to Rome the apostle enjoyed some wonderful fellowship with other believers go down the chapter there to verse 13 the end of the verse, verse 13 there we read and the south wind blew and came the next day to Petoli where we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days and so we went toward Rome verse 15 and from thence when the brethren heard of us they came to meet us as far as Apollo Forum and the three taverns or the three inns you think of a tavern you think of a pub but that's not what the word means it means an inn a dwelling place and uh, the three taverns whom when Paul saw he thanked God and took courage and so there in those verses we read about the time of fellowship that Paul and of course Luke is the author or the writer of, of, of the Acts and so Luke was included indeed according to verse 15 some of the brethren came from thence that means they came from Rome they had heard about Paul and they came from Rome to meet with Paul and to have a time of fellowship with him and then to accompany him on to his journey to Rome and so do these verses not show us just how important it is for God's people to have fellowship with each other it is it's an important thing we see here first of all in our introduction you have the demand the demand for fellowship that is among these brethren and Paul there was a demand to be with God's people and to enjoy a time of fellowship Luke records we came the next day to Petole where we found brethren and were desired to stay with them seven days and since Paul found brethren that indicates he was looking for them 
brethren. So he was looking for brethren that he might enjoy a time of fellowship with them. As we all know, during Paul's ministry, he spent many hours alone, many days alone, and in prison. And of course, it would be understandable why he would be looking for brethren that he might enjoy, be refreshed, and spend the time of fellowship with them. So there was the demand. And then you have the delight. The delight. Paul and Luke, we are told, desired to stay with them seven days. Is that the way it is? When in the company of God's people and they're enjoying one another's company and enjoying the fellowship, why you want to stay a while longer? Paul wanted to stay a while longer with these believers. They took delight in their time of fellowship. They extended the time to seven days. They enjoyed one another's company so much. And isn't it a delight, believer? Isn't it a delight to be in the company of God's people and fellowship with them? After all, Paul said, have no fellowship. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Ephesians 5 and 11. Unfruitful works of darkness, but when God's people get together, we have a time of fellowship around the name and the work and the person of the Lord Jesus. That's what makes the fellowship. That's what brings about the blessing in the fellowship because we are united in Christ and we can talk about him. Without him in the company, we have no fellowship. Simple. We have no fellowship at all. And then there's not only the demand for fellowship and the delight there is also the distance. We mentioned those who traveled from Rome to meet with Paul. And where Paul was, quite a distance. It's over 50 miles. And you think, these brethren travel, walk 50 miles, that they might have a time of fellowship with the great apostle. Those brethren were prepared to travel a distance for a time of fellowship, to enjoy a time with God's people. Believer, when you think of that, let us thank the Lord for what we have. For what we have, and for the fellowship we can enjoy here in the Lord's house. Now for Paul. The next group of people he met with, there was no fellowship there. Because, verse 22, the Jewish leaders came to Paul and talked to him about what he believed and what he had been preaching. They were the unbelieving Jews. And we read in the verse 22, we desire to hear that's what they said to Paul we desire to hear what thou thinkest for as concerning this sect we know 
that everywhere it is spoken against but no doubt Paul laid hold upon those words we desire to hear and of course we know the great apostle he wouldn't give up an opportunity like that and he certainly took the opportunity with both hands and to those Jews he preached Christ he had no other message and here we have the preaching of Christ we notice first of all the request for the preacher it's always a joy for the preacher to minister to a people who have a desire to hear the word and certainly love to hear Christ preached and so here we have then first of all the desire the desire the Jewish leader said on the Paul we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest so when people express a desire to hear the gospel Paul certainly would not miss that opportunity that word desire is a word that means worthy it would be worthy for us to hear what thou hast to say and not the word really means we think it good we think it good to hear from you but sure so it is when it comes to preaching the word and preaching Christ it is good is it not good and so we have here unconverted Jews desiring to hear the word they had heard a lot about what Paul had preached and now they want to hear it as a word for themselves unconverted Jews and isn't it a pity isn't it a pity that some professing Christians do not have that desire for the preaching of the word when they go to their place of worship they want to be entertained that's what it is they want to be entertained they want to be able to go home feeling good well many would go to the Lord's house to be entertained but here we have the unbelieving Jews and they came and met with Paul what for? to hear the word reminds us of Cornelius you go back to Acts 10 and there in Acts chapter 10 we read about Cornelius and the desire he had he opened his house and went and gathered in people in preparation for Peter coming to preach to him so we have Acts chapter 10 verse 33 immediately therefore I sent to thee and thou hast well done that thou art come now therefore we are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God we would call that 
over in Alta, what they call the cottage meeting. When a group of Christians would come together in the house, somebody would come along and, and preach the word. It would be a cottage meeting. A meeting on a particular occasion. Well, that was like what Cornelius had. Cornelius made. He gathered in his friends, into the house, waiting for Peter. And when Peter was come, we're all here to hear what God has commanded thee. In other words, he had a desire for the word. Wanted to hear the word. As well as the desire. You see next the description. That is how the Jews described the gospel that Paul preached. How the Jews described Christianity. Verse 22 again. For as concerning this sect. That's how they referred to what Paul believed and what Paul preached. That's what they referred to regarding the church of Christ. They called it a sect. Well, that was no new thing in the Acts of the Apostles. Many religions were given that name, a sect. We read in Acts 5, 17, the sect of the Sadducees. In Acts 15, verse 5, the sect of the Pharisees. Acts 24 and verse 5, the sect of the Nazarenes. And then, Paul, giving his testimony once said the most that he, that he belonged to the most strictest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee and now here the Jewish leaders use the same term to describe Christianity they call it a sect. Well, Christianity is certainly not like the other religions that they called a sect or Christianity. True Bible-based Christianity is not like anything else that we hear the world referring to as Christian. Talking about the Church of Rome, how it's described as a Christian church. No, it's not. To the Church of Rome, Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, the Seventh-day Adventist, indeed the meaning of the word sect would be better used to describe other religions because the word sect means heresy. And so they've talked about the heresy of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Nazarenes. And they used the same word to describe Christianity. Called it a heresy. And the beliefs and the teachings of those other religions we mentioned of this modern day. They're heretical. 
they are heretical. So Paul was glad for the opportunity to present to those Jewish leaders the gospel through Christianity. Glad to preach Christ unto them, which is the heart and soul of Christianity, the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as the desire and the description. We see the despisers. Here Paul says, verse 20, or we read in verse 22, that we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. There you have the despisers, those who despise Christianity, what Paul represented, what, what indeed Paul was. Reminds us of the words of Solomon. And Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9 there is nothing new nothing new under the sun well <coughs> the Christ and his church <coughs> were spoken against in Paul's day nothing has changed indeed the opposition to Christ his gospel the church of Christ and Christianity has increased it has increased. Stand for what the Bible stands for. Speak against what the Bible speaks against. You'll realize the wrath of hell will rise up against you. We've only to look at what has taken place south of the border in this past week. When the Supreme Court reversed Roe versus Wade praise the Lord for that well the voices have gone absolutely crazy <laughs> protests and riots imagine demanding the killing of children Instead of referring to them as abortion, as I call them, child killers. That's what they are. Child killers. And those who support and are advocates for the killing of the unborn child are enraged in these past few days. Well, the Bible tells us, God tells us, God Almighty tells us the sixth commandment thou shalt not kill the word kill is a word that means murder so the sixth commandment can be read thou shalt not commit murder that's what God says not what some politician says not what some president says or premier says or prime minister that's what God says. And of course you take your stand for preservation of life. You stand against child killing of children. 
and you're the worst in the world that's right because you're Christian do you know since Roe versus Wales in America 60 million children have been slaughtered 60 million infants lives have been taken breaks your heart just to think about it and even they have been wanting to pass a law that it would be legal to kill a child after it's born after nine months child is born take his life breaks your heart and it was a your grandchildren you think of them you think of what that all means little innocent children can slaughter tell you I wouldn't like to be any of those individuals stand before God the day of judgment they stand there with the blood of children in their hands and you think of what the Lord said to those mothers who brought their children to Christ and asked them to put his hand upon them and bless them suffer the little children to come unto me forbid them not for such is the kingdom of heaven and he took them up in his arms put his hand upon them and blessed them I've mentioned this before that word blessed is the strongest word for blessing and is reserved for children the Lord loves children and what will it be like in the day of judgment for those abortionists and those who support it they stand before the rise of the holy God. Take their stand for Christ. Take their stand for what the Bible teaches. And you're kind of you're called all kind of names. Well, it doesn't matter. As long as they stand for the Lord. As well as the request from the preacher we have the response from the preacher they wanted Paul to tell them what he thought and what are we told and when they had appointed him a day there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning to evening notice first of all the day we're told and when they had appointed a day so they arranged with Paul one day they would come to his lodging and one day he would speak to them and preach unto them preach the gospel to them and preach Christ to them so they had arranged the day 
Well, you and I don't have to arrange a day. We have a day arranged for us. It's the Lord's day. The Lord has arranged this day for us where we can come together, listen to the word being preached, and as well as that, come together and enjoy fellowship one with the other. It's always good. The meeting's over to see God's people standing around talking to one another. Why? That's a good sign. We're enjoying fellowship. We're out there in the world the other six days. We hear the world, the conversation of the world, the language of the world, the behaviour of the world. And boy, is it good to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day and sit under the word and enjoy fellowship. One with each other. <coughs> what, did, what did the psalmist say? I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our day is set. This is where we want to be on the Lord's day. To hear the word. Yes, a day we can look forward to each week. Often, is it not? Often the highlight of the Christian life. On a week-to-week basis, to be in God's house. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good and how pleasant. So let us always endeavour to take advantage of the day that the Lord has appointed us. To come together, what for? Yes, for worship. But to hear the preaching of the word and the fellowship of these arms. So the Jews came together on a particular day. They came to hear Paul preach the word. As well as the day, we have the delivering of the word. Notice, when the day was set, there came many to him. Oh, for a day like that. Oh, for a day like that, when many come together for the preaching of the word. George Whitfield took the gospel to the open air. It is estimated that when Whitfield preached in the open air, he preached to a congregation of 25,000. And it is recorded every man heard him clearly of course he didn't have to contend with the noise of trains and buses and and trucks 25,000 we're all familiar with the preaching of C.H. Spurgeon Charles Haddon Spurgeon Minister Metropolitan Tabernacle London, England Spurgeon, every service, every Lord's Day, preached the 5,000. There were times 
he would tell his congregation to stay at home not all the time and let others in who wanted to come and hear him preach and here we read that when the seventh day there came many to him there came many to hear Paul preach now, of course we're not a Whitfield or a Spurgeon not by any means not by a million miles but is it encouraging to read about many coming together to hear the word and oh what a word Paul preached that day we just read it there in verse 23 to whom he expounded he expounded he expounded and testified the kingdom of God persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning to evening that's preaching we would say amen, amen. to that preaching he expounded he expounded and testified the kingdom of God what do we mean expounded it means getting into the word opening up the word that the hearer can understand the word it's not going across the surface well verse 22 we desire to hear of the what thou thinkest well Paul didn't tell, spend his time telling them what he thought that's the way it is today in many places oh you just get a few wee thoughts let the people out let them go home feeling good about themselves Paul expounded the word he opened up the word they testified the kingdom of God persuading them in other words Paul when he opened up the word and preached Christ he applied it to the hearer he wasn't speaking over their heads he applied the word to the heart persuading them concerning Jesus he sought to persuade them to receive Christ as their saviour well Paul was in good company with regard to the way he preached turn to Luke chapter 24 Luke 24 the MS disciples in verse 25 then, said, then he said unto them that is Christ O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he what? Expounded. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures 
the things concerning himself expounded beginning at Moses and all the prophets you notice that from Genesis right through to Malachi the Lord expounded the word isn't it sad that some boys these days don't believe in reading or preaching from the Old Testament pretty pathetic isn't it and yet here Paul that's where Paul preached from that's where Christ preached from and we can say well if it's good enough for Paul it's good enough for me because that's all Paul had the Old Testament the books of Moses and the prophets and there in, in, in saying that it tells us you read through the books of Moses the Pentateuch first five books of the Bible Christ is there Christ is there you look at all the prophets Christ is there as it said from Genesis to Malachi I don't care where you look you'll find the Lord Jesus that was Paul's preaching of Christ as well as the day and the delivering of the word you have the duration what do you think of that how long did Paul preach we're told from morning till evening why if a modern day preacher did that there wouldn't be too many left in the congregation from morning till evening now I have no doubt they took a break at some time along the way but isn't it wonderful when you think of Paul and his preaching of Christ and how it delighted him to preach Christ from morning to leave he didn't tire of it he didn't grow weary they expounded the books of Moses and the prophets and showed them how Christ was there he turned to Nehemiah Nehemiah chapter 8 Nehemiah 8 we read in verse 1 and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book the word of God Ezra bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded to Israel and Ezra the priest brought the law 
before the congregation both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month verse 3 and he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from eight from morning until midday that was six hours from morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law not wonderful they were attentive they didn't want to miss one word from the lips of Ezra even though he had spoken to them read the scriptures to them from morning 6 o'clock a.m. to midday 12 noon 6 hours didn't matter about the time it didn't matter about the time when the truth was being preached when Christ was being preached it was as, as if they were saying preach on preach on Job says I have esteemed the words of his mouth mouth of God more than my necessary food in a hunger for the word those that met that day at the water gate in Jerusalem had a hunger for the word And those that came to see Paul had a hunger to hear what Paul had to say and how Paul did not disappoint them. He preached the word. He preached Christ unto them. That's what it's all about. Preaching Christ. As well as the request and the response. You have the result. What was the result of this coming together to hear Paul? Every preacher, of course, every preacher looks for results when he's preaching. That's right. I'd like to see souls saved. God's people blessed. Backsliders restored. They look for results. And here we see regarding Paul's ministry we see the success yes there was a success we read in verse 24 and some believed the things which were spoken and some believed not there's still a success some believed they didn't all believe but you remember we looked a few weeks ago about the sower went out to sow as he sowed the seed the seed only fell on 25% of the ground that the seed was sown only 25% of the seed that was sowed brought forth fruit 
and the Lord was teaching there you go out and you preach the word and you preach the gospel and you sow the good seed of the gospel and you may not see fruit everywhere you preach it everywhere you scatter the word but they'll still have success they're still they will be souls saved wherever you go to take the word and so there was no shame for Paul but we're told some to leave and some to leave not you think of it the Lord Jesus said Luke 15 verse 10 likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repented one Lord doesn't talk about a dozen or fifty or a hundred one sinner rejoicing amongst the angels of God over one sinner that repented so some believed the things that were spoken the success the separation you think of it some believed some believed not that's how God divides mankind believers and unbelievers nothing to do with position or power nothing to do with riches from time to time you read about individuals and the, the richest man in their state or so it goes on the richest man in the world but they're not saved they're just common sinners like everybody else that's how God divides all of mankind all the sons of Adam are divided into believers and unbelievers and we know that Matthew 25 verses 31 and 32 the great judgment day those who are saved are referred to as sheep those who are unbelievers are referred to as ghosts and the Lord divided that great multitude of people the sheep of his right hand the goats on the left the believers on his right hand and the unbelievers on his left. That was the division. Nothing. There's no in between. No purgatory. Nothing in between. Believer or non-believer. And that shows us just how very important it is to be numbered with the believers. To know Christ as Savior. The success the separation and the steadfastness the last couple of verses and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him <coughs> preaching the kingdom <coughs> of God and teaching all things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence no man forbidding him Paul is it a nice way to say farewell to Paul in Acts of course he wrote as we know many of the epistles but regarding his life 
we close the chapter 28 of Acts and what do we find Paul doing? Preaching Christ. He's still at it. Praise the Lord. So it's all about happy it with my latest bread. I may but gasp his name preach him to all and cry in death behold behold the Lamb Amen. Amen preaching Christ and the Lord bless his word to our hearts this evening let's bow in prayer Lord dear Lord we rejoice in reading about a man who preached Christ we rejoice in reading studying the life of a man who was all Christ he was able to say for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain and how the apostle lived Christ and preached Christ Christ that he loved Lord help us ever to follow in his footsteps wherever the opportunity presents itself help us Lord to speak well of Christ oh Lord bless the word tonight use it Lord wherever it is heard use it to the glory of thy precious and holy name Lord be with us now this week keep thy hand upon us as Aaron, Raya, Calvin and Rachel keep them safe in all their troubles remember Ross again Lord strengthen him throughout this week now be with us Lord as we part the one from the other in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us remain with us now forevermore Amen.